0: Welcome to the Sports Innovation Institute podcast, located inside the School of Health and Human Sciences at IUPUI in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Travis Smith, a proud sport management alum, adjunct faculty member, and associate editor of the Sports Innovation Journal here at IUPUI. On this podcast, we look to highlight the innovative practitioners and scholars in sports to learn and design think the future of the industry together. Thanks for listening to the Sports Innovation Institute podcast. All right. Thanks for listening to the IEPI Sports Innovation Institute podcast. I'm here with Dr. Sherry Bradish, and we are going to talk about the future of Sport Lab and incubators. And so uh, first off, uh, Sherry, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. No problem.
1: It. Good to meet you.
0: And so we're doing this live at the SMA conference and uh, here in Chicago, Illinois. And so why don't you just first maybe tell us Uh, Where did you study and then what has always been kind of your research interests?
1: Sure So I studied did my master's and PhD at Florida State University Um, and With the sport management degree. I also did a minor in marketing Um, and looked and and Had opportunities to work in athletics and did two commercial sport uh, Co-op placements at Nike Canada and the Vancouver Grizzlies Um, I say that because it gave me a leg back in a network in Toronto um, and so within sport marketing and sport business in general I really think I've been focused in three areas um, whether it be industry academic kind of on that on that fence of, of input and knowledge transfer uh, girls and women in sport uh, sport and social impact over the years and then in particular over the last five years and, and the last seven years since being at Ryerson really um, sport business trends and in particular looking at kind of future forward um, strategic management decisions, and that is within the sport innovation space.
0: So how long have you been at Ryerson?
1: Seven years now, and I was at Brock 16 years before that. Wow.
0: Mm -hmm. So how did you get involved uh, with creating the Future Sports Lab and the Incubator? And then we'll kind of break into what that is. Sure. What was the kind of uh, void that you were all trying to fill with this? Sure.
1: So I came to Ryerson in 2013 in a research position with um, a sport marketing endowed research chair at that point we just thought we were deciding and kind of looking at what do we do with this and how do we want it to impact the field Um, fast forward a couple years we spent a lot of time Ryerson has been very forward-thinking in the incubator space in general and they have a incubator called the DMZ and um, we came together collectively with some key stakeholders both on the academic side and on the industry side in the sports space and said, let's do something in the innovation space for sport. And what we, we knew, but we didn't know so profoundly, is at that point, we were the first um, forward-facing, um, industry-focused sport innovation project in North America. Uh, Harvard had done something, and we knew about uh, innovation happening broadly in a, in a co- conversation about a lab through Nike with the Fitbit. But we were the first ones to really do it. And then it was in that same year, right thereafter, that um, both uh, Stadia launched and did the Dodgers program. And then right thereafter is the 76ers Lab. So it, that's been good for me personally and kind of professionally because it's allowed me to build a really good network of those who of us who started yeah. at the beginning and and you know even intersecting with your colleagues at Indiana in terms of. Um, it, it, there's, it, it, a lot of this is successful because of the network and kind of in, in, in any area, but in this area, um, it's been good to be able to build a strong network of people that really look out for each other in the space and and more of a and, community and value the collaboration. And it, it's really important because a lot of startups now we see touch point more than one incubator, one innovation program. So it's very helpful from that due diligence and even pressure testing would these companies be good fits for us versus other places so it's been beneficial and really just even the nuance of the private-public partnership is also important to pressure test with other
0: colleagues so i'm familiar with incubators i think a lot of people are but for those that aren't i mean can you maybe just introduce like what is an incubator Mm -hmm. in your terms and then maybe tell us What's that setup and uh, the process works for your program, as far from application of a company to through the final showcase? I mean, what are the, what's kind of the evolving process of being part of the incubator?
1: So, it, an incubator is really just broadly defined as a space, and it can be a physical space or a community um, where, in this innovation economy, uh, we are working with companies, mostly startups. Uh, early stage um, and wanting to and most of them have a tech component (laughs) and wanting to accelerate their growth and development in the marketplace and that's often accomplished by a few things: investment, um, access to network, and then pilot opportunities. We don't actually, in the project we're doing now, versus r- the project they did in 2015, MLSE at this point does not, and we don't have an investment strategy attached to it. It's just mainly um, hinged on pilot opportunities. Okay. So, um, so that is what an incubator is, and then to complement that is the accelerator programs, which are. Uh, for more advanced developed companies that have gone through the first or second rounds of funding and um, they then are looking for different types of investments, different types of mentoring, different types of coaching. Very similar kind of pedagogical models or programming models, but it's a different kind of skill set, and you're looking for um, a real relationship with the venture capital community, etc. Uh, so that's how they complement each other, and so it's these more are
0: like established companies that they've already kind of gone through that. Beginning phase, and you're really, literally, quite literally trying to accelerate them, yeah, just grow yeah. and, and scale. Yeah,
1: and they're all at different phases for sure. But um, that's the intent of it. And then, so many of them are housed and in couched institutions in institutions and of higher ed because of the link to talent and the link to thought leadership and thinking from students and manpower for students. So there's a there's a lot of research that we know and uh, anecdotal evidence that it's really important to create those partnerships between the institution and, and um, a city footprint or a metropolitan footprint and and um, a corporate partner when building these spaces
0: do you think there's been any um any growth of this because of shark tank has kind of made entrepreneurship fun being around for 10 years and made it more in technology making things more accessible um to actually create a company is is what do you kind of um, think the innovation has become so I think it's it's
1: enorm? it's I think you know, Shark Tank and actually Shark Tank is um, Shark Tank was a Cana- it's a Canadian concept, it's called Dragon's Den um, and then it uh, came yeah. to the United States. I think that's the pulp culture version of it and, and it's a great way to describe to the lay person or lay mm-hmm. layman, male woman what we do. Um, and it's in a snapshot versus a program is usually Over a few months or sometimes there's not a term attached but I also think it's also coupled with the increasing rise of digital and technology solutions in a particular industry and so because of that and because you don't need the traditional four walls in an office you can be nimble and quick and do things you know so many stories of these companies starting in a garage you can be nimble and quick and so you have this startup culture in this tech and digitally driven era. And, and, um, and so because of that, there is ecosystems for people to turn on light bulbs and start new
0: ideas. And so that's how it all kind of evolved. Hey listeners, a quick message, and then we'll get right back to the interview. I wanted to quickly tell you that the sports innovation journal is now accepting submissions. If you have or are looking for a place to publish your innovative thoughts and studies on the sports industry, then please consider The Sports Innovation Journal. We are an open access journal and our target audience is the practitioner looking for answers to the questions and problems in their job and we want to attract and publish researchers that are identifying and studying those questions and problems. If you are interested in learning more about the journal and wanting to submit or sign up to be a reviewer, then visit the link in the episode notes or email Dr. David Pierce, the editor and director of the Sports Innovation Institute at D-P-I-E-R-C-E-3 at D dpierce3 at edu. Now let's get back to the interview. And you have a, so they have access to um, uh, advisors and mentors. I think there was a showcase that you've done in the past where the companies from the cohorts do it. What's that like? And then how do you actually reach out and get those people on your either, whether you call it a board of advisors right. or mentors, how has that process come, uh, and where do you to pull those individuals from?
1: So, um, we we started this project in 2015, as I said, and kind of launched. We evolved because we were doing things with MLSE already and trying to build an academic partnership with them. And it was a two-way conversation. They came to us as much as we came to them in terms of what can we do together for logical reasons, because they have the teams and they have the front office, and it's... A large company in a bit of the top of the pyramid or the top of the mountain with regards to reputation in the industry in Canada so that being said at that point we were already really working with a number of advisors and mentors and already had identified who we felt were really good change agents because you really need champions of sport innovation and people that want to take the time to mentor and advise and help with programming and really are interested in new ideas so I would say if you look at kind of our current, and we have a couple layers of governance. We have a high-level layer of governance with MLSE, and then we have a a more hands-on advisor network that advises us on some of the key decisions about how we're going to grow with the, with the startups. And then we had a, the mentor network. Many of those people, we at Ryerson, were already working with before in the sport innovation space. Um, and so some of those qualities that we were looking for I just outlined in terms of are they uh, an influencer in their company you know do they understand tech and innovation and kind of even you know bigger thinking within the company
0: um so fortunately you've already built a a network to actually
1: yeah it's it's by having
0: that before the partnership with
1: yeah, and then it was ve- very, you know, and then we balanced everything with MLSC representation, which was appropriate in, in every kind of shape and form. And then um, I would say MLSE also reached out to their corporate partner network, and that's what was um, kind of filled in the rest of the mentorship and the, the mentor pieces.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think I mentioned in the intro um, the MLSE is Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. And so just so the audience knows, that includes... Uh, the Maple Leafs of the NHL, the Raptors, the NBA, Toronto Football Club, you uh, know, EMLS which is uh, the FIFA EA Sports Gaming, Raptors Uprising Gaming Club which is NBA 2K, and then the Argonauts of the Canadian Football League. So that's all these different sports, um, these, these companies that are trying to go into the incubator and accelerator, I mean they really have the full gamut of different types of sport um, and they also many of those teams had developmental teams as well so there's always seems like right. the partnership is great to, to tie that in yeah um, just so the audience knows it's good
1: for the startups because um, they've had opportunities to pilot with those organizations regardless of that they're the professional level that development level as you identified
0: now the the companies uh, that apply to be in the cohort and the accelerator are, is it limited to just Canadian or is it no. international or so
1: um, we want to be seen as in one of our taglines is uh, Canada's leader in global mm-hmm. sport innovation and so we can accomplish that in a few ways I mean we're we're conscientiously integrating the MBA students into the programming so that's creating new talent in the field whether they're actually attached to a startup but they have the knowledge of the startup, will help the industry down the road and that startup innovation economy culture. Um, And we also will give advice and have opportunities to work with and and speak to Canadian startups, but the actual competition for startups to go through the program is open, so it's not restricted to Canadian citizenship. And a bit of that is the sign of the times in terms of the marketplace. There's so many of these incubator programs. If we want to cast a wide net. It was advantageous for the partner in particular to be able to go broadly. Um, but we are very conscientious of uh, our nationalistic commitments and intent and in, in even looking at the different demographic profiles of the startups that we've balanced things and kind of represent the core of who Toronto is.
0: The um, the franchise partners, so like the uh, MLSE, um, Basically, those I see the benefit and the incentive for the companies, obviously, that are trying to accelerate this. But not talking about any one team or franchise within that uh, company. But what is kind of the incentive for them to partner with uh, these accelerators? Uh, what so, for any
1: so Ed Ryerson, there's actually over t- over about a dozen different kind of corporate um, incubator innovation partnerships in different industries and fields, from bioscience to engineering to health science to cybersecurity. And the intent of it is, back to some of those principles I talked to earlier, which is if you work with an institution, you have access to our broader innovation network, you have access to talent, you can integrate in programming, and it's also a community service play, really. It really just allows um, the organizations to kind of give back to the communities more fulsomely. So um, that is how it was established. Yeah.
0: Do you have any um, kind of exciting projects that um, that you want to talk about, or without?
1: Um. Like I mean, I think what's kind
0: of the, like one of your favorite experiences of this whole program so far, looking back over almost five years.
1: I think, without a doubt, it's always about the people. It's about the people you meet and the opportunities to what you t- of what you do. We're the only ones in Canada, but we're still close to the states, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just coming from a conference in Philly and um, was invited for some colleagues there. And so the network is a wonderful experience. And I think the one thing I always say, when you have the time to pause and talk about the depth of the program, I've been teaching sport management and and engaged in education in this space 25-ish years. And um, without a doubt, these multidisciplinary, forward-thinking startups and teams and the people attached to them the being around trying to solve new problems for the next generation of the business is really fascinating. And so for sport business programs uh, like ours who who start to play around with this, and I would encourage them to do so, um, the, you know, why do you stay up at night for this? Because I truly believe that these are the students that are exposed to this are going to change the industry because they understand problem solving in a way we really don't talk to the students about like applied problem-solving and creating an app or an application or understanding running your head through the wall as an analogy as a business person right staying up late ordering pizza and and creating new technologies and innovations so my analogy is this area of what we do is turning on light bulbs in ways I haven't seen before
0: that's great I think I think it's awesome just to see how entrepreneurial uh, students and new and new uh, graduates are becoming, and uh, it seems like it's ingrained in them. Just from thinking about how long uh, Apple has been around, yeah. for example, I mean it's it's really their whole life now. Yeah. Um, so it's it's an exciting time for sport industry. It seems like the every day there's some new cool technology thing that's coming up. Uh, so we'll we'll close it by really just asking, you know, wh- where can they? Um, uh, Where can they see more? Listeners see more about the about your project. Um, You have a website. Yep.
1: So thefuturesportlab.ca, and you can always access it through Ryerson University, um, and then on social, um, Instagram and Twitter, and
0: and have a a newsletter or anything. We can. We can. Yep, and you can
1: sign up um, through the the through the um, the website. So it's really just really um, through those ways, and then I think it's such if you start to spend some time it's such a robust topic on on the social media and 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 there for students to consume and so even if they're not part of an accelerator it's really easy to quickly learn you know what are the key um verticals in this space and how you can start to keep on top of them and understand them because to think about gambling and esports and and ai and how those things affect the industry today
0: yes
1: it's fundamentally important to be part of those conversations so
0: yeah. yeah Well, uh, thank you so much. I You're think uh, hopefully there's some potential collaboration with the with the Sports Innovation Institute moving forward. That. We're opening. will so we'll uh, let
1: David know we signed a deal in yeah. Chicago.
0: Well, there you go. So we have a uh, we have the Sports Innovation Journal that we're yes. now accepting submissions, and it's not just traditional research. We yep. like to highlight a lot of the things that your companies are yes. doing. And then also here on the podcast. So maybe we'll have to interview some of your companies that That'd come be great. out of the program and just give a little bit of exposure. So thank you thank so you much. Thank you for your
1: time. Okay. Nice to meet you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sports Innovation Institute podcast. Be sure to follow the Institute on Twitter at IUPUI underscore SII and let us know what you thought of this episode. If you know of an innovative business program or researcher that you think we should have on the podcast, please email me, Travis Smith, at tds at And please consider the Sports Innovation Journal if you are looking to publish your new and creative ideas to move the sports industry forward together.